0: Good evening and welcome to the Car, Sim and Race Driver Show. And tonight we have two very special guests, a combination, a unique combination of commentators. It is Chaz Dracott and Chris McCarthy. Good evening to you both. That's
1: good you, evening. Good evening. Thank you very much for having us on, You, It's great yeah, to be here. Great to All be you. back. Yeah, You're same, about, same about the company we have, but we'll, we'll get through <laughs> <Yeah>. it.
0: She's <laughs> not that bad. <laughs> you know, yes, we've got live gaming in the background. Uh, it's, it's fantastic, isn't it? We're seeing all this live media working all at once. <laughs> now, you've both been on the show previously. Um, Chaz. you were on earlier on in the year. Um, yes. And Chris, you were on, I think it was about April, May time. But it was a bit earlier on in the year when yeah. you were on. And yeah. you were very excited. About all the things that were happening and about the the unique uh, kind of commentary that you're going to be able to do now. I, I think you have. Have you been working together as well at some of the races this year?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not, in not, in in a strange sort of. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 our calendars have aligned a few times, mm. which has been cool. Yeah, so. it's been a bit of a
2: strange one because Chris has been doing Formula Regional European Championship by Alpine, which is the longest <laughs> series name so, in the world, take, and I felt sorry for him all year. <laughs> I would say that, but obviously. Renault going through all of its sort of branding at the moment is basically becoming Alpine. Um and yeah. any of the racing is going to be Alpine essentially because that's their sort of sports brand like Mercedes have AMG and yeah, other companies yeah. have, you know, people that like to buy R line golfs and Britain they've got a golf R, stuff like that. But they all have these sort of second brands. Um and because of how the calendar's worked around europe Chris and I have managed to be at some of the races together and it's been a really good laugh. We were at Red Bull Ring together, which was absolutely unreal. The scenery there is Mm. beyond anything I've ever seen in my life. But Monza, um, just last weekend, we were in Monza together and we both stood up on the podium. Excuse (laughs) me, the famous podium that hangs over the circuit. And yeah. he went up the day before me, didn't you? And you were like, yeah, yeah. "You're gonna love this." It was yeah. insane.
1: I was, I was. I think I was on the phone to you or something when I was up there. Mm. I was like, "You gotta, gotta come up here. It is absolutely awesome up there." But you yeah. got to see the start of the GT race, and I didn't. So I was a little bit jealous <laughs> about that because yeah. that must have been pretty cool.
2: Yeah, that's gonna be in my vlog. That that's gonna be in my oh, vlog.
1: Looking forward to it. What's the what's the choice of beverage, by the way? Um, this Don't is... say <laughs> apple juice. Don't say apple juice. Why not? Is it, is it
2: actually? It's, it's apple juice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, like, and I've got water. We're like the most. <laughs> You've got the most boring commentators. <laughs> oh, I could get the palinka out. I've spoken to you enough about
2: that. Yes.
0: <laughs> no, that's fantastic. So, where did it all begin this year? Because obviously, with coming out of COVID, everything was restricted, and and it was kind of it was difficult to get to. Well, a lot of races still didn't uh, either start on time, didn't they, or they mm. only started having spectators um, on track. later
2: on in the year so what was the first big event of the year that you were able to get to mine was nagaro in france Clio cup europe um i hadn't even commentated in the uk um this year up to that point and it was at the start of april so it was when things after christmas it was sort of we're on the downhill again of things getting stricter and stricter Mm. because the cases were rising and i was to be fair very oblivious to what you needed to travel and so on had possibly the worst trip of my life. Um, I had the wrong type of COVID test to begin with, so I got turned away from my first flight. And I was flying to Po Airport, which is in the south of France. And it's a very small airport. I think they only have six flights a day. So they have three either in or out in the morning. Then they close the airport in the middle of the day, and then they open it again for the evening where they have the three flights that either come in or go out. And because I missed the first flight, I had a nine-hour wait at Charles de Gaulle in Paris, to then go to Poe. By the time I got to Poe, my car rental company had already closed because it was about 11 o'clock at night. And then I had to buy a night at the hotel over the road. Annoyingly, I didn't know that the airport closed in the day. So the next morning I went over to the airport from this hotel, just walked across the road and I got there 10 minutes after it had closed. So I had to sit and wait till 3 p.m. in the afternoon and obviously couldn't go back into the hotel because it would given me a key in and it was raining. It was just the worst no. trip. And then you have to get a Covid test to come home, which I couldn't get because it was a Monday, uh, a bank holiday Monday in France, and they didn't do tests on the weekend. So I had to get a written confirmation thing, basically saying he's not been a naughty boy. He's not got COVID. But when he comes home, he's going to test. So honestly, but the whole weekend was just stress. You know, it was great when I got to the circuit and, you know, people saw stuff on my stories and so on in the sun. I got horrendously sunburned only on my right hand side. But that's a different story. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was very, very difficult. So it, it didn't start the year well for me. And that made me very nervous about all the travel, to be honest.
0: Yeah, at least now it's a little bit more, a little bit more straightforward. Yeah, oh we've yeah. Got all the vaccine passports and things like that. Oh, or, way or, easier. It yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how about you, Chris? Because you were very excited because you got a very big new job this 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 year, didn't you? Working for Motorsport TV. Yeah. Um How has yes. that been? Uh,
1: yes, really good. Um, you know, it's it's quite strange. You know reading the news um yeah just about motorsport it's 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 a bit of a dream job i guess you know re- reading the news is is pretty cool but um yeah just to have it all about motorsport's great so uh, mexican grand prix qualifying's on now uh, and that will be i'm in tomorrow and that will be our day really building up to that we've got motor gp on as well so basically all we do is go in watch racing and then report on it <laughs> and that's pretty much it but no the, the team now really really great uh everyone's been very helpful and uh i've been really enjoying it i uh, got to interview some real cool people the last one was anthony davidson on friday oh, ahead, ahead of his last race today which was yeah which was really great so um yes yeah, so I'm, I'm really enjoying it and uh yeah looking forward to doing more
0: so what's been like your biggest scoop when you're on motorsport tv and you have a big do you have a, a, a kind of headline that you have or what's been like the, the biggest kind of most exciting thing you've ever had to explain on on the
1: tv when you've been presenting Oh, I don't know, actually. Um, yeah, we've had some, you know, breaking news, uh, you know, drivers signing uh, and stuff like that. Um, we've had some sad news as well, which you know we've had to, we've had a whole bulletin written, and then someone, you know, someone's passed away, and then we have to scrap everything and rewrite it. Um, but um, yeah, the interviews have been have been the really good part of it. We got to speak to Venturi Racing, uh, so we had Susie Wolf and the two drivers in together, which was quite. Oh, cool. wow! Yeah. Um, Juan Pablo Montoya, when he joined us, I did his first interview uh, and yeah. I interviewed him and his son together, which was quite cool. Uh, so um, <laughs> yeah, so he's, he's part of the team, so he comes on quite frequently. Um, I interviewed him a couple of times. Um, and yeah, I, I lots of different drivers. I was this close to interviewing Pierre Gasly, uh, oh, which wow. I was so excited about. And then uh, his Skype was working, <laughs> so <laughs> they, they had bad signal where they were, so it didn't quite happen. But, um, you know, we've had loads of good drivers. Uh, one good one recently was Jonathan Ray, actually. That was a, a really cool one. Um, so getting to interview people and other forms of motorsport is, is something I've really enjoyed doing and, and reporting on, you know, rallying and bikes and yeah, touring cars stuff like that you know you get to do a bit of everything so uh, so yeah it keeps you, you you're up to speed with what's going on in the world of motorsport all the time yeah. which is good
0: that's really good and is it quite a big difference having interview, you know interviewing somebody in the studio and then getting used to doing it on zoom or however you do it online um does it does it bring the nerves up a little bit when, um, when you're sitting right next to them
1: we've only ever had a few Uh, in the studio Um, we've not really because of covid we haven't really had many people come in Uh, we tend to interview people from the tracks so on a thursday when they're doing press conferences that's when we tend to interview them Uh, so most of our interviews are done through zoom Uh, we have had some people in the in the studio so uh, we have the journalists that come in and work in the office as well from time to time uh, for a sport magazine and uh, we'll get them in to have a chat about uh, you know, about all sorts, really. Um, so, if there's been any if it's on a Thursday, we'll chat about the press conferences, what they're hearing, uh, see if they're picking up any stories. On a Monday, we always do a reaction to the Grand Prix if it's been on. Um, so, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Really, it's uh, mostly it's through the um, yeah, we're, we're doing it through Zoom, but sometimes we have people in the studio. James Allen, I've interviewed in the studio. Um, when Max Mosley passed away, actually, and that was <laughs> that was quite uh, yeah, because yeah. he knew he knew Max quite well. So um, yeah. that was one that was sprung up on us. We were about to to record our final bulletin, and then we we got the news through that he'd passed. And James came in and and we had a chat with chat with him about it. So um so yeah, that that's quite an odd one to prepare for. You don't really get much time. Um yeah. so yeah, you've just got to just got to go with it. So, but yeah, you know, James uh, is kind of leading the show there, and he's. He's a really good guy to work for, I have to say.
0: Yeah, oh, fantastic. Now, Chaz, what has been, uh, because obviously you're you, you, were, you were flying, you told us about your disastrous flight going to the south <laughs> of France, um, but I've seen you do lots of different, uh, covering lots of different types of races. What's been some of the highlights uh, of, of your year this year as you've been, um, because you've been obviously you've been to Monza, but you've been to some other rather glamorous tracks too.
2: Yeah, it, it's hard really because this is my second year doing real-world commentary. I've, I, I have to refer to it as real-world commentary because I started in sim racing and now I do this. Mm. You know, I, I don't yeah. separate the two. It's all commentary. I treat it yeah. all with the same sort of a t- a approach. But I'd say... I've I've been all struck by a lot of places I've been. Austria is unbelievable. Like mm. I I my vlog about that came out today actually because oh, nice. um, I was I, was I think I saw enough, the link about that. Yeah yeah I I was lucky enough to spend me me and Chris had the weekend in uh, in Spielberg, which is just oh, the wow. most beautiful beautiful place I've ever been. I used to maintain that Iceland was the most amazing place I've been, which not many people have been. Austria blew it out of the water. It was insanely yeah. pretty. The people are all great as well. Um, And to be fair, the track is just the most stunning place. really is the most stunning place. So I'd say in terms of location, that's definitely my favorite. Um, From the racing point, though, I've, I've maintained this year that the craziest people in motorsport are the ones that drive the biggest things and the smallest things. And I'm referring yeah. to the European <laughs> Truck Racing true. Championship because yeah. European trucks has been incredible. Everybody there has been great to work for. The Germans are hilarious. I don't know where all these stereotypes come from about Germans because they are hilarious people and they get you very, very drunk. So don't p- drink palinka if they ask you to. But on the other side of things, away from the trucks, which are five tons, 1200 horsepower, 5000 yeah. Newton meters of torque. You've got supercarts. Now, the people that drive supercarts have got nothing speaking sense to them (laughs) in their head. They are 100-and-something-plus horsepower in a cart, 450cc national carts as well, six-speed box. They do about 150 mile an hour, and they're not strapped in. (laughs) They don't strap in. They'd rather wear leathers and get thrown from the thing than be strapped into it. And some of the speeds i mean they they can do 100 it's something stupid like 120 mile an hour to nothing in like three seconds maybe even less than that and Uh. it's frightening but watching so many different forms of motorsport in person this year has been a real eye-opener to me like i i must admit i was always quite sort of blasé about certain motorsports and certain series but the the highlights for me have been the biggest things the trucks and the smallest things the little uh, supercars because they're all just off their heads, absolutely yeah. off their heads. It is kind of
0: crazy. I, I remember watching a few years ago uh, some supercar videos, and I just could not believe how mm. quick they are. And they were oh, They were yeah. going. They're racing through some town. In yeah, Europe it's on somewhere. the Isle of Man. They do that on the Isle of Man. Uh, yeah, and it, it's just madness. Uh, and you just think, like, my goodness, because if you if you're not even strapped in, I suppose if you yeah. do hit something, you don't want to be, you know, you're gonna. But people are gonna fly off the uh, fly into oh, yeah. the car. But um, but and and at those kind of speeds, and you just see the little camera and think hearing pastures, you, you're millimetres above the ground. Did they did ever fancy having a little shot? If you could? <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: Well, they, they do actually have. I think – I can't remember where it is now. There's a I think – is it called Darley Moore, something like that? There's a guy that has an experience. You can do a supercar experience. It's not in the 450s or the 250 Nationals. I think it's in, like, a 125 Division Two supercar, yeah. but even still – That'll do in excess of 100 mile an hour. That'll do ridiculous Mm. acceleration. Unbelievable handling. There's no suspension. You know, they're just solid. They're on the ground. That's that's how they are. Yeah. But you can still experience it like that. And I would love, love to have a going one because they look so much fun. I mean, they're even doing 130 mile an hour at Silverstone National in the wet down the street. Goodness me. That's crazy. I think it's Gary James. I've commentated with him a few times this year. You can tell how much I love these things. Um, Gary James told me that in 97 at the British Grand Prix, supercarts supported the British Grand Prix. Yes, it did. Oh, wow. And one of them went round cops faster than Jacques Villeneuve did in his (laughs) F1 car. (laughs) That's how fast
0: a supercar is. You've got
2: to be barmy to drive them. Really barmy.
0: It's insane. That is crazy, isn't it? Mm. And then on the other extreme, these huge trucks... I, oh. I remember years ago watching uh, that the truck racing and you know like Murray Walker would, would commentate on it or you'd get the older the older commentators doing it and it just yeah. seemed crazy because they'd just dig up the track, whether it was oh, yeah. in Donnington or whatever, or Brands Hatch or somewhere, and you just think there's I mean, been nothing left of the track by
2: the time they were finished. Um, it's funny, well, a... <laughs> it's it's quite funny actually, because in 2017 they had to resurface Le Mans because <laughs> they tore
1: the they track up. They ripped it up, yeah, they ripped it up the
2: Bugatti circuit, and now they were there oh, again no. this year in the wet, yeah. and they're just oh. But all the you know all the guys behind it, I I finally got to go out and see them at Misano. I've been commentating from in here this year um, on that, but I got to go out to Misano, meet everybody, meet all the teams, and see everyone got blind drunk on the Sunday night because Norbert Kish won the championship and they, they're all a Hungarian team from Rives Racing. And they had Hungarian palinka, which is, it's, yeah, it's a drink not many people have heard of. And for good reason. It was well, you over asked, 18. didn't you? We asked yeah. in
1: Monza. You asked, yeah. you asked the guy behind the bar. <laughs> yeah, he did didn't say. have it. He knew what it was, though. He yeah. knew what he was. Because there was two guys. It was the I Van sport guys. He was next surprised. To he was like, how did... I how do you know what yeah, that is like, he was like you know what palinka is? yeah because there was there was <laughs> two van <laughs> it, it was when the
2: van Amersfort guys were next to us and they were going nuts at the guy because he'd run out of limoncello or something and i was like oh that's a shame yeah. Limoncello's nice and i looked at him and went you got any palinka instead and he was like how do you know about that <laughs> it's like it's some hidden secret or something but oh it's ruthless ruthless yeah well it totally sounds i'm going to
0: see anyone watching this who's Who's wanting to become a commentator is going to be seriously looking at this very glamorous lifestyle of all these big <laughs> parties after the after the races. It sounds like uh, great fun, uh, oh, it yeah. sounds like you're parting a me like James Hunt uh, oh, yeah. used to do back in, <laughs> in the old days. I'm going to say but, this a uh,
2: shot of Beth. I'm not quite womanising like James Hunt did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: right, I, I was going to say you, you never you're quite going. introduced, You <laughs> didn't quite introduce Beth, did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Beth, <laughs> give, us a,
2: give us a wave. Who's that?
1: There you go. Yeah, it. we've got a live gamer there in the background <laughs> playing Rocket League. It's Gosh, good to see you, Beth. But, looks um... like you're in the fanciest internet cafe, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it really? Yeah.
2: It's like <laughs> Yeah. I'm not gonna say what it's a combination of, but it's Internet Cafe combined with another sort of establishment.
1: <laughs>
0: oh <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, now Turn
2: turn turn the lights red and there you go. Oh, there ah, you go. There you go. <laughs> oh look at that.
0: Yeah, that, no it is really. Yeah. now we've got more people joining the chat we've got aces bully who is in here as well but feel free to write uh, down your questions put them in capitals first so i can write uh, i can ask the questions to chris and to Chaz. but uh, let's get into a real commentary question because obviously going around commentating on all these great races and exciting uh, uh, championships uh, have you kind of modeled yourself or any particular commentators or kind of how how do you how do you do you kind of compare yourself to anybody else, or what was your motivation? You know, who inspired you, and um, or who inspired you as a commentator to try and emulate?
2: My, oh, there you go first, Jess. Charlie Cox. Charlie Cox. He uh, yeah. used to race motorbikes in Australia, I believe, and then he took on racing in the UK. He came over to do the British Touring Car Championship. There's famous footage of him rolling his Mondeo, or even a Ford Granada, I think it might have been, multiple times into the last chicane at Thruxton. And it's Murray Walker commentating on him at the time. And they have that famous shot where they're looking at the chicane, the cars are coming towards them, and this (laughs) Granada, with all all four doors flying (laughs) off it, just rolls through shot. And it was Charlie Cox. He almost ended up on the motorway. He was that far (laughs) away. But Charlie was absolutely hilarious while also being really good at calling it how it was instantly. Mm-hmm. He he could yeah. have a battle going on with three or four drivers and he would be able to always update you saying, you know, menus moved to the left of Muller and Muller's looking down the inside of Tarquini. Like just the instant calling and getting the names right of who was working on who and who was where. He was so good at doing that, telling it how it was, but making a joke about everything, every single yeah. corner. My my favourite line of his was that there used to be a Norwegian driver in British touring cars called Roger Moen, and I think he was Norwegian anyway, so if Roger ever watches this and finds out that I've said that, he's not, <laughs> sorry Roger, but he went off and he was going down the cranes at Brands um, Donington Park, oh, that's blasphemy isn't it, sliding down the hill and the car was bouncing around all over the place and you know how low super supertours were, you know it's ripping the splitter off, the bumper's full of grass, it's going everywhere, and Charlie's yeah. like, Well look would you look at that? Roger Mowen's mowing. Yeah. <laughs> just that one moment yeah. just killed me off. But that's that's Charlie. You know, he's Australian, so he's got this thick accent. And him combined with John Watson was one of the best commentary duos ever because John is much like he yeah. is today, you know, he's very yeah. well spoken. He doesn't take any rubbish from anybody you know he calls it how it is back in my day you know you only got points for fifth and up and all that and like <laughs> you know him him and charlie together charlie brought out a lot of fun in john i feel and them two commentating on the madness that was the super touring era of btcc is just that's that's what yeah. i aim to be like if you if you can pick it apart do the fast stuff really well but then throw in a few jokes and make it a bit fun and entertaining i, I feel you're doing it right
0: yeah and uh, do you ever watch i uh, sorry I'll, I'll ask you chris the same question uh who who did who is who did you try and emulate or who inspires you in commentary
1: um mine was a karting commentator called ken walker uh, it was funny mm-hmm. enough because he was the legend of commentating in in karting. happened to share the surname of course with, with murray so uh uh but yeah he he was the guy that i loved listening to uh, when I did, when I was racing and karting myself, uh, he commentated on the world championships, the European championships. Uh, he even did a, an event called the Rotax grand finals, uh, which is kind of like the Olympics of karting. And I remember getting up once at like two in the morning, I think it was to go and watch him, listen to him commentating on an event in Egypt, on the Rotax grand finals in Egypt. And then I was actually racing that day. So I was actually knackered that day racing, but I, it was his commentary that I really used to enjoy listening to. Uh, he was, he was, you know, he, he was fairly old when he was doing it. Um, but he was very relaxed, very friendly, um, uh, very easy to understand. Uh, so yeah, he didn't get too, too carried away when, uh, you know, the racing got really, uh, really heated. Uh, he always mm. stayed fairly, fairly relaxed and you always understood what he was saying. So um, yeah, I just, I, I really liked that. I thought, he was really, really good. And that was the guy that I looked up to most, uh, probably him. And, uh, uh you know, one other was Will Buxton. I thought he was really good. I used to love yeah. watching GP three yeah. and GP two. Uh, and I thought he was excellent. So, but yeah, Ken Walker was, was definitely the, the main one. I got to meet him, um, when I was then doing the European Championships, and he was such a nice guy to meet, and gave me lots of advice. So, um, to then go on and do some of the stuff he did was was really great. But uh, he doesn't do it anymore. But he will, like, he is the Murray Walker of carring. Basically, he yeah. he will he will never be emulated, um, and he is yeah. the best that's ever been at it. I think
0: fantastic. Now, yeah. one of the guys in the chat is Rumar, who's a good friend of mine, and we've tried to commentate on the odd race. But he's just been commentating on the EDTM. Uh, yeah, races yeah. that he was doing with uh, in the Discord group, um, which is a great a great series. Uh, I think they're on GT Sports, um, and he's always saying we are the best commentators. Just nobody's noticed us yet. Um, but what <laughs> advice? What advice could you give to us um, for commentating? What would be the kind of if there was like a top three um, kind of main things that you have to get right? What would it be?
2: Mm. I'd say try not to try not to overflex your vocabulary because. A lot of commentators I know, I mean, you know, as much as I talk about him and go on about him, you know, David Addison has got such a great vocabulary that he uses, but he will come Mm. up with these words really, really well. And he will just, you know, just such amazing vocabulary, but he will use it with ease. You know, he won't sort of stumble over himself trying to squeeze more interesting words into things. He will just do it. And I think that a lot of people, if they do try and use more complicated words or try even when you try and come out with a joke, you know, I I often maybe put too many jokes in some of my commentaries. And sometimes I still find now that I will in in finding it funny before I've even said it, I will still stumble over myself. So it's, yeah. it's all about yeah, making yeah. sure that if you are going to use something that's out of the ordinary for commentary, you know, there's a lot of phrases and things, words that we use day in, day out. We know them by now um i would just say try not to overcomplicate things is definitely
1: yeah mm. how about you chris um i'd say first of all uh yeah you know, practice it's great there's no harm in practicing uh i was showing Chaz that i'm currently practicing on winter olympic stuff um and it's not something that i only the only people i've shown is Chaz couple other people and and then i've sent it to the olympics so practice on stuff when i first started i commentated on karting that i filmed myself Mm -hmm. uh so i didn't do it live uh and it was great to do that just just to get get my feet under the table at it and Mm. see if i was any good at it um you know get feedback as well and really don't be afraid about getting it um my dad always is very honest with me so he he watches it and tries to not watch it. My dad just as a normal viewer. If there's something that he thinks, you know, would bother people, he, he'd tell me. Uh, and then just mm. just kind of know the series uh, and enjoy it. I think you know, if you uh, you know, if you've done your research a bit, that really comes across. Um, you don't have to throw it all in, as Chaz will probably say himself. You know, yeah. you can do all of this stuff, and you probably will never. If you had ten pages, you probably only use half of that, half a page. Um, yeah, so, uh, but in a red flag situation like I had at Monza, twenty-minute red flag, you're on your mm. own. That's when yeah. it comes in really handy. Uh, but enjoy it. If you enjoy it, the viewers enjoy it. Um, yeah. And you know, if you're having good fun, if you've listened to to Chaz, for example, on Clear Cup Europe. It's, it's pretty funny to listen to at the time, so uh, you know you can tell he's enjoying it, and the same with the truck. So if you're really enjoy, I love the Formula Regional series, so that probably comes across. So yeah, yeah. I'd say th- those are kind of the main things. Main things. The main really. things. Yeah, fantastic.
2: I, I'll I'll definitely back up the point on research as well. Um yeah. I've I've worked with a number of commentators where you know I'm not not naming names because you know everyone has their own style, Um but yeah. where people have come to me with like. Binders full of research and pages and pages of stuff, and they plaster them all over the place. But then, in the heat of the moment, you can't look away long enough to be oh, where did they finish in this year at this championship and so on. Yeah, just yeah. I what I tend to do is I will get championship standings. I I convert it all to my own little spreadsheet. So I've got the name yeah. of the driver, who they're driving for, whatever, their points, how many wins, podiums, top fives, things like that. Because you can just reference them, bang, straight across. Know how many. And even if you only reference that at the end of a race, you know, so-and-so finishes third, that's his fifth podium of the season, things like that. You know, it's, it's having like the information is mega to have, but it's how you present it to yourself. So you can reference it without breaking your flow. And I think that's the main thing as a commentator, because a a lot of people, you can tell sometimes when they're distracted by something or whether they're looking for something and suddenly Mm -hmm. there's this stuttering and they stop. Um, So it's, like Chris said, you know, don't overload yourself with information. It's good to have it when you need it. Yeah. But don't feel like you have to cram 10 pages of research into it. You know, <coughs> if you're just saying, yeah. oh, so-and-so leads from so-and-so and so-and-so, you're not going to say so-and-so who was the 2015 Formula Renault 2.0 champion and did this, 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 and kind yeah. ahead of so-and-so because something could have happened by then. Exactly. And I'm doing yeah. a lot of this. Do that. Yeah. Get the energy out when you commentate. And I, we, Me and Chris both stand up when we commentate yeah. 90% of the time. I don't when I'm sim racing, but I throw my hands at the screens and hit everything. Yeah. yeah. Concentrate your energy as well.
1: Yeah, one one tip I could give is I write my grid sheet so when I get it printed out, I just I write a point next to each name. Yeah. Chaz will know this. Well, often when you're at a race like like we're doing this year, the camera will go down the grid and when the camera's on the car it's a good chance to just throw something in about them. Um, so I'll write out a point on each driver and that can be anything like I've got, um, you know, I've also got a spreadsheet as well. Like that's a really good thing to have. So Mm. it can be, you know, what, what their result was the last race. Um, yeah, anything I go and speak to them all as well. I know Chaz does this as well. When you're in, when you're in the paddock and you go and speak to the drivers and you have a relationship with them, then you, then that's the best info. You can have a whole binder full of of notes, but you go and speak to a driver and then you've, you know, those notes are almost worthless because yeah. you know exactly what's going on in their head that weekend. So, yeah. Um, so that's definitely the best thing to do when you when you're lucky enough to be at a track. Um, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Go and go and speak to the drivers. They don't they, they, they do enjoy it. I know it's a little bit daunting when you first go out there. I remember yeah. my first Formula Renault race uh, in 2019 and I was really nervous to go into these like you know, big tents and go and see the drivers who are often in the trucks um, sort of hiding away. But, you know, they they love it uh, and they do appreciate the fact that you're going to come and speak to them. So, um, yeah, sometimes you don't get the time because you're commentating on so many stuff. Uh, If you're doing a track day when there's eight classes, for example, you just don't have the time. But uh, if you're doing just one race, perfect. Mm. Yeah, go and speak to them. Uh, yeah. As well as enjoy yeah. it, of course you got to enjoy it while you're there as well. So uh, well, that's that's, I think... that's when well I think we have a good balance. I like, mean, Chaz yeah. have a good balance to that Austria, but yeah. Well,
2: uh, I was going to say that. Like, I think to be fair, we've been quite lucky this year, haven't we? Because yeah. with doing just one of the series that's racing there. Like, I mean, Imola, for example. When I was out at Imola, I think both the Cleos usually have their qualifying in the morning on each day, Saturday and Sunday, and then they have the race to correspond with that qualifying in the afternoon of both days. So yeah. when it gets to Saturday afternoon, I commentate on the race, race is done, and then I don't have to do anything until like 4 p.m. the next day. So I can yeah. just go to the circuit, enjoy the racing, enjoy what's on, you know, just watch it, just be a spectator, go go and enjoy that. You know, not everyone's always going to be lucky enough to do that, and, you know, I thank my lucky stars that I can fly around Europe and yeah. go and do this. But, yeah, like you say, if, if you enjoy it, You'll, you'll. I mean, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Everybody says. Yeah, and yeah. yeah no, I, I feel definitely. this year that I haven't worked a day. It's been amazing. But to not to put a negative twist on it, but what I would say is, don't. If if you are thinking of doing it, don't do it because it's a job in motorsport. It's definitely something that if you want to do well at it, you have to enjoy doing it. Because yeah. Yeah. if you do sound too bland or too corporate or too forced into it. But just yeah. because you want a job in motorsport, not because it's an easy job to get, because it's not. That's not the right reason to do it, I don't think.
0: Yeah, you've got to be quite inspired, isn't it? Quite inspired yeah, for to sure. do that kind of work. Um, yeah. so you can take an audience with you uh, yeah, on definitely. that. I, I always remember. I think it was 1992, uh, the French Grand Prix, um, and it was BBC that was covering it. And uh, they were, it was it was a wet race, and it was so wet they had to stop the race, and there was lots of problems. Um, with the, the cameras and, or the, 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 um, the viewing and, and, and uh, in terms of like the, the connections kept dropping. so you couldn't see Murray Walker well, you couldn't see the race, but you could hear Murray Walker and James Hunt in the background. Right. Um, and of course for about 10 or 15 minutes there was no uh, uh, pictures at all. and so Murray was told oh this we've, we've lost pictures so he had to keep oh, everything right. going. And in the meantime he decided to make a race of it even though there really wasn't much of one and he said, at least he is closing down on Mansell, and it's uh, this is unbelievable <laughs> in the Ferrari. And you you just have to believe me as I'm as I'm commentating here. You know he can, he made this great story, and then when they when they, when the pictures finally came back, he was nowhere near. He was away. <laughs> like, like, so they yeah. were kind of thought he's obviously just trying to make a bit of a story uh, and encourage people to keep listening while the pictures were away. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, but he did have a wonderful way of doing it, and I always remember like the the, the Mansell Senna, uh, commentary um, at uh, at Monaco in 92. 1982 that was incredible yeah. I remember watching that live and that was just unbelievable mm. Mm. and yeah. uh, and then when it was Hill who crashed at Monza in 96 uh, just when he could have won the championship he could have settled the title and he spun under one yeah. of the bridges um, and all of that so I mean it was but he had some great quotes I mean I think it was this one that when he introduced Monza I think it was in 1991 and you had Murray Walker when, and you had the kind of the, the rise of the clouds, you know, in the morning time. It looked, looked amazing. And he said, this is, uh, you know, the history of Monza is is, is to- totally unique. Um, and what is it, um, uh, Formula One uh, history literally oozes from the tarmac. Mm. Uh, he had yeah. all these great lines. Yeah. So have you, have you found that you've got particularly a line that you think people might recognise you with?
2: Oh,
1: I, don't, I don't think so. No, I don't think I no. do.
2: Not yet not yet i, I don't no. think so i don't have On... a
1: starting line or anything like that i just no. go with whatever feels feels natural to be honest uh, yeah that's, that's, so eventually yeah. they'll come i because don't that's... i don't i don't know actually um now i don't think
2: about it I, I wonder if i do but i don't, uh, I don't yeah think I, I do. that's I me mean, do i Chest? <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah i don't, I don't I'm, you not, do. no, I'm not no. sure i'm not I don't, sure
1: th- i don't think i do uh, although
2: really. when you when you talk about Mauryisms, obviously there's. There's millions, you know, they're, they're incredible things. I was telling Chris about um, the fact that I listened to Murray's audiobook. Um, I, w- I was listening to it, I started listening to it about a week before he died, actually. And then when he had died, I was like, right, I need to finish this now. I need to listen to this. And I think yeah. I've listened to it about three or four times since as well. Because of all the driving I do, I just whack it on in the car. And I, I probably know it word for word now. Wow. But there's, he goes through his favorite quotes and things that he got wrong near the end. Um, yeah. And one of the favourites that stood out to me is uh, speaking from memory I don't know how many points PK's got <laughs> yeah. um, and there was another one about he says well this is the 6th race of the season so far we've had Melbourne, Interlagos Imola, Schumacher and Monaco <laughs> yeah, <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> things like that you know he's just the the fact yeah. that you can get it wrong and that's why he loved so much for it is is brilliant and to be fair in a way I, I kind of think that that serves as a good example for people like me and Chris who are, are still sort of you know we're, we're still going through the ranks here you know Chris and I yeah. are both progressing well in this but um, I think that it serves as a good thing to show that how times have changed now because if we were to get things wrong like that at the level we're at that wouldn't be yeah. looked on as a favourable thing or a charming thing that would be this guy's yeah. getting stuff wrong like it's got yeah. you have to look at the business side of it and I think that, that shows how times have changed, but it shows how much of a pioneer Murray was, I think.
0: Yeah. yeah. I have to say as well, I'm, I'm a great admirer of Martin Brundle. I think the way, especially when he, he was doing his grid walk, the last yeah. time back in Texas, and then when he got yeah. kind of the, the shovel off oh, by that. yeah. Yeah, um, I can see yeah. Yeah, but he just kept yes. it going, and he said, I've already asked me. I've already <laughs> yeah. done it. Yeah, yeah, he's like, uh,
2: you can't do that. He's like, well, I can because
1: I did. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yes, that's, that's the most British reaction you could have said, <laughs> isn't it? Like, it is isn't like, it? Uh, All the other, all the other guys would have said sorry, though. I think, but he was like, nah. You know, yeah. I haven't done this in a couple of years, so um, yeah, yeah. I guess making a, a a laugh out of when things go bad is is you know that was a good example of that. You know, he didn't really make a laugh of it, but he turned a bad situation into a. It's yeah. a quite funny one, really, for yeah. everyone Turned watching. Turned so, a positive so, memory. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it was. I think he's great at doing those. Um, mm. You know, do, doing the grid walks. He's he's the best at it, 100. Yeah. percent But uh, yeah, yeah it must be good fun walking down walking down the grid of <laughs> yeah. Grand Prix, right? Mm. I do
0: like the fact that he he kind of he tries to get a celebrity tour here to here to kind of answer a question, and either they have no clue as to what racing is about, or you know they've been an <laughs> invited, and it's oh. the first kind of thing. And and but he's able to ask them good questions. Yeah, there was and make something
2: of it. There was somebody I can't remember who on earth it was. There was a woman at the Monaco Grand Prix a while ago, and he was saying, "Are you enjoying the um, the atmosphere of F one?" She was like, "Oh yeah, it's fantastic. You know, I uh, I I'm looking forward to uh, to the takeoff <laughs> or something <laughs> like that." And he just, <laughs> he just puts his hand on her shoulder and just says, "It's called the start." <laughs>
1: <And then he> <laughs> <comes>
2: <laughs> <off>. <laughs> it's just fantastic. But, it oh, bless him.
0: Yeah, uh, that's that's just they, are they are great. That's good. It's- he is able to deal with those situations so well, and I think it's kind of it's huge encyclopaedia of knowledge as well in racing, oh, um, and yeah. he really makes it something. So the two of them, to be fair, um, with David Croft, I think do quite a good job um, yeah. um, on on an yeah. F1. So yeah, it's always I think it's it's come to quite a good to be had. I did like when it was Martin Brundle and David Coulthard. I think when they were at the yes. BBC for that year or two, that was a great um, yeah, a great combination. I think they were they were both very very good um but uh but yeah no that's that that's the thing now i will go to some of the questions because aces uh well he has put a question about about half an hour ago and now <laughs> we've had so many other <laughs> other 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 subjects to, to cover but it says did you get a chance to talk to anyone uh, in the le mans 21 virtual race did you manage to cover that by any chance
1: um yeah i did that uh I did we we had someone doing interviews uh, throughout the uh Haley Edmonds was doing the interviews throughout the whole race. and uh, we had some great guests on that, I have to say. But um, you know, the the team that it sort of did the commentary was, was a really good team to work with. Um it was basically the world endurance team. So Martin Haven, uh, Ben Constanturis, uh, Alan McNish, um, and then myself and and Lewis McLeod. So yeah, it was a really, really cool team. Um amazing setup that they had there as well. And I, I think all the professional, from what I heard, the professional drivers were more nervous than the esports drivers. Um, really? So really? some of them said that that's the most nervous they've ever been before a race. Um, because I think it might've been Jensen button, but he was like sat in his living room or something. And he's like, I'm usually in a <laughs> strapped in in the car and, <laughs> and you know, you're, you're like wired into the car. Then, uh, you can't hear mm. anything except yeah. for the engine. Um, but in that, you know, he might have been able to <laughs> hit the kids next door or something like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so he's like, he, he he just said it was just he couldn't get focused, um, and for, for that reason, he was so nervous. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, I think it was him. I might be misquoting, but but yeah, <laughs> it, it, that it, I I know in general the professional drivers got more uh, more nervous, which was which was quite which was quite interesting. I think. Yeah, and have you ever,
0: because obviously you go to these championships, you, you you fly away at the end of the weekend and fly back home, and I always heard, heard some quite interesting stories from journalists who, um, when they went to the airport after a race, they would end up meeting some really rather nice surprise guests or, you know, some of the drivers that might just happen to be there. Have you ever kind of met some kind of famous drivers along the way um, and maybe had a, had a chance to have a little chat with them?
1: Uh,
2: I... I... <laughs> I saw Adam Morgan in a services once. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's about <laughs> it. Um, I, I'm trying to think, actually. I've, I've seen a couple of the Clio drivers um, yeah. on the Monday at, um, at, at the airport and so on. There was actually a funny moment where I was getting on an escalator in... God, what airport was I in? What flipping airport? Oh, it was in Vienna. Vienna Airport. I was oh, getting yeah. on an escalator. And Chris will know, the Italian sound guy that did Austria, that did not speak any English whatsoever, didn't even try to speak any English. Oh. We yes. had a we had a he was a really happy, lovely bloke, but like he did not speak a word of English. Didn't understand a word of it either. And we had a nightmare communicating with him the whole time. Um <laughs> And he, he just smiled and stuck his thumb up at everything we said. And we were like, no, no, not yeah. good. <laughs> like, no, no. Like, the sound was getting broadcast out live while we were stood around chatting. And he was like, and we were like, no, yeah. no, not good. Yeah, everything, like, yeah. I bumped into him in the airport at the bottom of this escalator. And I was like, oh, hey, it's you. And he was just sort of like, <laughs> like yeah. just just didn't I know what do. to do. But then as I got onto the escalator, the guy behind me was saying, come on, come on, stop talking and get on with it. And I was like, all right, turned round and it was it was Tarek from Renault, and he was like, "Come on, Chaz, get on with uh, it, mate, get uh, on yeah, with yeah, it." Yeah. So you see, like a load of the staff and drivers and um and everybody in the airport the day after. But I I can't think of a time when I've seen sort of like a a celebrity style driver as such, really. Yeah,
1: yeah. I haven't I haven't seen any. I don't know if I have seen any any celebrities uh, because I can't drive it. I I, I I often get lifts around with with everyone. Thankfully, Chaz like helped me out loads of Monza. Um, but I guess uh, well, one of the the weird ones I got a lift back to the airport at uh, Mugello with Robbie Kerr, which was um, you know, I, yeah. I used to be a big fan of his. Like when I was yeah. growing up, so uh, I, I I even got his that autograph cool, at the A1 <laughs> yeah. GP. But he's Zane Maloney's driver coach, um, and me and Zane are often on the same flights home. Um, so, uh, uh-huh. yeah, he, he still, he drives quick. I'll tell you that we, we didn't have long to get <laughs> to the airport and he was taking curbs like around roundabouts and stuff. So, <laughs> so yeah, it was quite bizarre though. You know, I, I do remember like I used to go and watch A1 GP at Brands Hatch. Yeah. Um, yeah. and yeah, I loved him. I thought he was great, uh, and he's a really nice guy yeah it was really cool to like to like speak to i don't think i bought up the fact that i asked for his autograph i, I didn't bother bringing that bit up but uh, <laughs> i just said i used to watch him <laughs> that's fantastic yeah. and if there was somebody
0: that you would like to meet or like to interview who would it be what what famous racing driver if you could get a chance to interview them who would it be
2: mika Hackingham. Uh, hands yeah. down i wouldn't get many words out of him but I would honestly, like Mika is my idol, favorite racing driver of all time. On, only driver Schumacher ever admitted that he feared. You know, he, yeah. he was the man to take on Schumacher, and uh, well, obviously he'll beat him as well. But yeah, M- Mika had Michael in his back pocket for a few years, and I, I think that yeah. But he he's like, he takes a lot of aspects that we see nowadays in Kimi Raikkonen. You know, he's very finished yeah. and very just. Yes. Just says one yeah. word to an to, a, to an interview, as James May pointed out when he met him. But Mick has got such a positive mindset, and he's always such a happy bloke. There's yeah, a, vid- yeah. a video where him and Nico Rosberg went driving Mick's P1, McLaren P1, in Monaco, and you know Mick is taking the Mick. As soon as Nico starts driving, he goes, he's like, "Oh, I've got to get something," and he gets his helmet out the back of the car and <laughs> puts his lid on yeah. and stuff, and he's like, "I can't risk anything, Nico. I've got five kids and all this." Um, <laughs> And did you know, actually, this is really, st- when I watched that, I was like, there's no way he's got five kids. And then started Googling about him and so on. But yeah. one of his trophy cabinets, he had a brand new house built himself, cost him millions. I think he was in France. And one of the lights or something in the trophy cabinet shorted out and burned the house down. So Goodness. he lost all of his trophies, memorabilia, yeah. suits, all sorts. Every sort of physical memory, really, other than trophies that were kept at like McLaren and stuff like that. Yeah, he lost all of it, and I I Goodness. felt so so sorry for him because he's he's had a hell of a career to come back from that accident and do that. But yeah, yeah. The, the stories and things I'd love to ask Mika would be insane. Yeah,
0: how about you, Chris? Who would be your oh. if you could meet a racing driver? who would Who would you like to meet?
1: Oh, I don't I don't know really. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> done. <laughs> um, when I started watching F one, you know, Lewis, I started watching it in two thousand seven. Uh, and Lewis was was the man, wasn't he? So, and he has been since, um, yeah. but, um, yeah, I, I, I roughly met him, uh, at Gran Turismo World Finals, he came to, huh? uh, but he was so invested in wanting to speak to all the drivers, uh, yeah. that, um, and me and Jimmy were too scared to go and speak to him. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but he is, he seemed like a lovely guy, actually. Um, And, you know, not as what a lot of people don't think he is, uh, but he Mm. seemed he took a picture of every single driver um, and he just and he seemed like a great guy. Matt Roberts did an interview with him, which was really interesting. Um, So, yeah, I think if I could interview any driver, uh, it would be it would be him. But uh, speaking of meeting good drivers. Chaz, you got to meet Rick Rickard <laughs> oh, uh, in right. Red Bull Ring. Yeah. Oh, yeah. honest to God, right? We, I was we, in... we, There's been some pretty decent people. Uh, Montoya, yeah. Rubens as well. Yeah, we uh, met Rubens yeah, Barrichello yeah, all yeah, very yeah. briefly. I think yeah. Dudu hadn't had a very
2: good session. I think Dudu did Dudu in the session, <laughs> and um, I, I don't think he was too pleased. So he was sort of in a bit of a grump. And then there's me going, "Can I have a selfie, Rubens?" In the middle yeah, of a tunnel yeah, yeah. in Austria. <laughs> But then, but he did it, you know, he put his thumb up and everything. He was like, yeah, yeah, I said, have a good weekend. And he sort of said, yeah, go away. But um, (laughs) after that, I think it was in the hotel room on the... No, it was on the Friday night, actually, in my hotel room. I was just going through Instagram and I follow Ricard Rydell on Instagram. I grew up, as you could tell by me mentioning touring cars before, like BTCC was like my...
0: My he F1. drove the Volvo, didn't he? He drove the he Volvo did. Estate. Yeah, yeah he he drove the 850 in
2: 1995 with Jan Lammers, yeah. and then he won the yeah. title in a Volvo S40 in 98. Drove it in 99 yeah. as well. Then drove for Ford, and then disappeared after that. But um, I um I saw on his story that he was at Red Bull Ring with he uh, was with Dino Begnovich, the Swedish driver. He's doing a lot mm. for for Dino, and you know Dino's a great chap. We had a we had a good uh, a good laugh yes. with him at the awards dinner and so on. Despite the worst day of his racing career probably yeah but um <laughs> that's a that's a different story um so i i thought you know what you don't ask you don't get i'm gonna message him and just say you know rickard you, you don't know me i'm but i'm commentating this weekend at red bull ring i've been a fan for a very long time used to watch you in super and so on It'd be great if i could just pop round to the premier um awning and just say hello would that be all right and he messaged back like straight away he was like yeah yeah that's fine he's like i'm gonna be there all day we've got our race at this time and this time so probably busy around then but if you come about four o'clock i'll be there and we can have a good catch-up and stuff and i was like oh my god i'm gonna meet Ricardo Rydell. and and he was great wasn't he chris like yeah, yeah. he was so that's lovely cool. to chat to he was genuinely interested in what chris and i are doing because he commentates on formula one in sweden so right. uh-huh. so he commentates too so he knows what what we have and what we do and he was genuinely interested in what we were doing in our careers and so on. And I was just like, I didn't know what to ask him. But he told me that he still has his championship winning Volvo S40 in his house. Wow. So he's got this huge white room, gorgeous, yeah. immaculate white room. And he's got the Volvo parked, like, in a white garage. But then yeah. up the wall, up the back, he's got all of his race suits on a massive long hanger and then three stories tall with his office overlooking the whole thing on a balcony at the top he's got all of his trophies taking up the entire wall of his house with this immaculate volvo at the bottom oh it's just unbelievable but it looked pretty cool yeah yeah it was really really cool to meet ricard and he was you know people sometimes say don't meet your heroes but like ricard was so sound he was great yeah. to speak to and you know, interested in what we were doing as well. He, he made sure the whole conversation wasn't just about him. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was brilliant, really yeah. brilliant. I was taken back by that. Mm.
0: I remember meeting uh, Russ Swift, who used to do stunts for a lot of the Top Gear videos yeah. uh, with Jeremy yeah. Clarkson. And even on the early Top Gear programs, he would do like, the Montego advert way back in the eighties, well before your time, Chris. I think you may, have, you, may have, you may have seen it. It's very funny. If you've not seen it, it's a great, great video. Oh, no, um, uh, you need to go. It's very, very funny. Um, but, uh, so, and, and I was at a big do at Ingleston because it was 30 years or even more than that since so uh, they had closed Race Racetrack outside Edinburgh. Um, and we were invited up, and they had lots of famous people like Jackie Stewart and others who were up there. And um, we were kind of doing they had a, a milk float race, which is one of the things you used to do. But then there was Russ <laughs> Swift um, that, uh, that we, he was doing stunts and by this time his sons have all grown up and they're all now doing more stunts than, than he does um, mm. but I got a chance I was just across the road and I thought oh go and say hello to Russ Swift um, and it was just magical uh, because he's exactly as you would imagine him to be and he was just this you know quite kind of Geordie uh, kind of laid back guy and, and he just um, went over all the big things that he had done uh, like the Montego advert which everyone must ask him about um, and, <laughs> yeah. uh, but he, he did all sorts of incredible stunts and he did also cross um, and all sorts of stuff but and it's, it is great when you when these guys are They're such good characters yeah, as well. Yeah, and sure. that's what makes yeah. sport, I think, so mm. special. Um, and when you hear the stories, I, I remember reading it of one guy, it was in Chris Hilton's book about Ayrton Senna. Um, and this was way back in, it would have been the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, and it was just about a lady who didn't really follow Formula One, but knew who Senna was. And mm. she was in an airport one day. Um, and, and he happened to be getting a normal flight. So in those days, it wasn't all private jets. Um, as it is now in in, yeah. in many cases, um, and there he was just sitting there waiting for his plane to go. And so she went up and started talking to him, um, and he was quite happy to talk away. But when you think now, nah, good grief, you know, uh, yeah, who would believe you, you if you said, you know, you've yeah, got yeah. ten minutes in the gates at some airport somewhere uh, with the legend that was there in Senna. Um, you know, what would wow. you what would you ask him? You know, <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. the, wow. that's the thing. You
2: know, well, one um, interesting encounter I had was. Now, this has sort of come full circle in a way. It's it's a bit of a strange one to mention, but in two thousand and seven I went to I was lucky enough to go to the Goodwood Festival of Speed. My dad was quite high up in um the marketing for Morrisons for the whole country. And they had a strong partnership with Xerox, the, the printer manufacturer. Oh yeah, yeah. And they sponsored the World Superbike team for Ducati at the time. So they yeah. had a hospitality. My dad managed to get us some tickets. We took my uncle as well, leathered it down all weekend. But I was really getting big into my supercars at the time. So they had this, yeah. we were at turn one, so they came straight towards us at Goodwood and then turned right, oh, just right past yeah. us. Yeah, it was beautiful. Cool, um, it? Yeah. And we were up on a little balcony, so we were like overlooking it. And this bloke came and stood next to me, and I was only 15 at the time. So I was stood there going, oh, that's a Jaguar XKR, it's got a 4.2 litre V8, you know, this much power and so on. Oh, it's Bugatti Veyron, it's got this size engine, that much power and all that. And I was like telling my brother about this, but this bloke was stood next to me at the time. And then this guy started talking to me for a bit. And we were chatting for about half an hour. And then my dad comes out and says, oh, he, 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 sorry, he's disturbing you. Then this bloke turns around and he's like, no, no, no worries, old boy. You know, it's it's all good. It's all fun and games. You know, the boy knows a lot. <laughs> and then my dad goes, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize who you were. It's an absolute pleasure. And I was stood there then... going, who's this bloke? <laughs> it, turns out, it turns out it was Derek Bell. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> so I was just yeah. like, what? <laughs> really? Oh. But now... I commentate on Sports 2000 in the UK, the club of which he is the chairman. Mm. So they've got their awards dinner in January, which somehow I've managed to end up hosting. And (laughs) I'm wondering whether Derek's going to be there and I can be, do you remember that little idiot that you spoke to at Goodwood in 2007? And it'll be like, here he is. Look at him now. He's got fat and he's got a beard. Look at him.
1: I I had a kind of similar experience in terms of, Speaking to someone you didn't really know, it was it was them. Mine was with John Watson, actually. Yeah, yeah. it was at Paul Rickard. It was my first flyaway similar to Chatham. I couldn't do the first Formula Regional. They they didn't let me to the first three rounds because it was at F1. Um, I know you had a similar experience with, with mm. Cleo's. Um, yeah. Paul Paul Ricard was the first. (laughs) Yeah, Paul Ricard was our first one we got to go to. I went to see the commentary box, and um, there was someone in there, kind of on the computer. um, And I just started speaking to him. I, I, I I recognised his voice. I didn't know who it was. Didn't know his name though. And I, and uh, just spoke to him and like asking him random questions. And yeah. The fact I didn't mention anything, I don't know. I, I don't know if he was kind of just waiting for me to go, like, you know, <gasps> get, yeah. And, uh, and then he, and then he left, and I was like, oh, that was quite cool. And then I think it was David Addison came in afterwards, and he yeah. was like, oh, you're speaking to John, John. There, I was like, and then I kind of figured it out. I was like john watson like, uh, yeah. and, then, and, and, I, and then i didn't see him the rest of the weekend i was like oh no um, we all we were talking about actually was covid uh and about traveling and about how much of a, we were talking about how much of a pain it was um, <laughs> you met john
2: watson and I had 10 minutes with him what do you speak about covid <laughs> yeah because he was saying oh this has
1: been a nightmare isn't it getting out here i was like oh don't stop like you know and we just we just you know, moaned about covid for 10 minutes and then and then he oh, left oh yeah um, so yeah, I, I hope I get to meet him again because <laughs> I actually. Then you can to... see you. Playing the oh, race yeah. from the last. I want to say I want to say properly this head. time, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know. So, um, but yeah, I've I've made mistakes like that before. I, I interviewed Will Stevens and got his team wrong. He uh, was an He was in <laughs> F one at the time. And it oh, was wow. at the it was at the Autosport show in front of an audience as well, so uh, that was embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I said he drove for Caterham, and he drove for um, Marussia, was it? Yeah. Uh, then he signed to Caterham after, I think. So uh, there you so, go. So, oh, you're so not. Wasting. I, I was reading go. the future. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Although words. To, he was very nice, though. He was very nice. He didn't say anything. He sort of laughed a bit and then just carried on like like I'd said the right team. And at, I was um... like.
2: I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna expose this live on air, but Chris had a his own little Murrayism at the uh, at the Alpine did the I Formula Regional. Say, did I actually <laughs> yeah. say say so, races, not rounds? No, no, it was the fact that you got it the other way round. So the line Chris had done an amazing job at preparing beforehand, getting all these stats and everything ready. I still don't know how he remembered it all because he did a great presentation for the end of season awards for Freca, Um and I somehow. Managed to get dragged along, and I was just sat in the corner with me. I had my Renault trophy and everything. Yes. I was sat in the corner, like, Ooh, with my little <laughs> cup of coke. But um, he was he was going through this presentation, and I think was it he'd won? Gregor saucy had won seven out of the first eight races yeah he'd, yeah, he'd won
1: season. I think he'd yeah he'd won seven races in the first eight rounds yeah or something like that wow. yeah. but
2: Chris turned that into a true Murrayism and said he's won eight out of the first seven races yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I was sitting there I thought I the... said rounds you see. Yeah. I, I,
1: afterwards I was like oh that went perfect and then you were uh, like hey what was that about so it's it exactly the same as the Will Stevens one but that's I, it's,
2: it's moments like that though that you know it's it's still a humorous thing like yeah yeah you know, no one else looked at that and went bad. Everyone looked at yeah. that and went, "That's yeah. funny." <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. But, that's,
0: yeah. that's the great thing about it, isn't it? If they can look at it and laugh, um, because it is, it is a good and it's funny. And these things happen, uh, yeah, but it yeah. makes it for a more memorable night as well. Because these things, you know, and, and you want it to be enjoyable. So people, hopefully, you know, they expect a few jokes and a few little slip ups oh, you yeah. know or or
1: something oh, to make yeah. them laugh along the oh, way. Yeah. I had a, but, I had a great one at an awards where um the. The, I say it was a great one. It was actually quite a, quite an awkward moment, really. But um, I I was given the wrong result um, for for this championship. And you can imagine when you go to these awards, di- it was an awards dinner. And they come, you know, the people come and, you know, they're there to enjoy it. They get their moment when you call them up. And uh, the guy who I called up was the champion was actually second. And the guy who was the champion, I didn't even have him on the list. Um, and uh oh, no. this guy comes up, we call this guy up, we do the guy in third and second. At this point, the 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 eventual champion knows that this is all going pretty bad. And then I call the, the champion up. He comes up and I speak I go to ask him a question and uh he said, Actually, you've made a you know, you've messed this up completely. I'm not the champion, he's the champion, points this guy out that sat on a table over there and then that table then stood up applauded it and then he just <laughs> left and walked off i was like and i looked at the organizers they're like i don't know i was like oh And when you're doing awards there's no like yeah. intimate like you yeah. just gotta keep rolling yeah like, it was absolutely awful. yeah i think you can't was see awful. something like well
0: there was a steward's inquiry afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, at
1: the end, I kind of said like, should we, should we do something else for this guy? And they said, no, they said he didn't want to. I was like, okay. That's so time, it? It, it, oh yeah it was it was absolutely horrible um yeah to just then move on and get I don't know cadets were up next or something like that get them yeah. and... oh, yeah. 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 said so anyway so yeah, yeah. make sure <laughs> make sure you have the right names yeah. when you do your awards um, ah, yeah that was, that was awful but, but, uh, yeah. also it
0: looks really bad if you're because if you would recognized that something wasn't right along the way you couldn't really say out loud hang on the result's not correct. Uh, because it makes yeah. it look as if you're you're giving the wrong results, or you're choosing your own your own results, you know. So yeah. you, you're kind of <laughs> limited as to what you can say. Yeah, um, I think but... there
1: was um, an appeal after the last result after the last round, and then the result changed. Um, oh, um, no. And I I just got the got it from online, and it hadn't been updated. So uh, so yeah, a little <laughs> bit embarrassing. Um, but you know, there you go. If I were him, I would have just continued it. Like, yeah, I actually was champion. You know. But um, yeah. <laughs> now they were good pals, like Champions him and the other guys. So, oh, well, yeah. but you he know, really he, he completely threw me under there. So, uh, oh well. Good fun yeah. It was funny. It was funny. But...
0: Oh, fantastic. Now, I've got a little race that I managed to record a little bit earlier because I thought when you two were coming on, I need to pick a race so I can test your commentary skills. Oh, no. Um, oh, and... <laughs> oh, oh, no. Well, oh, hopefully, no. this will work because there's a paid time <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, no. You never get paid on this show. don't you no, no. <laughs> oh, But but um, I want I want to show the audience your skills here and what it's like to be to be top commentators here. Um so uh, I've got a race. It is at your favourite track. It's the Spielberg, it's a red bull Dog track getting. in Austria. And it's Boy? it's okay. a wet race in a group four. So give me two seconds, I will I will um Put on the the
2: video. This is the moment where I really quickly Google Red Bull Ring track map. Yeah.
1: Tell you what, I have a story. Always print your own one, right? Because, Chaz, do you know um, uh, Antonio? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to throw him under here completely, right? (laughs) I was doing a a race at the Red Bull Ring. It was my first race abroad, International GT Open, right? And I printed off a track map. I had it in my bag. And then just for the race, Antonio said, Here's a track map. I printed it off for you. Right. Oh, no. He printed off the old one when Nicky Lauda oh, Curve no. was at turn four or five. Uh, Obviously, now it's the first corner. And that whole race, for an hour, I called that <laughs> corner the, the wrong corner, Nicky Lauda Curve. And when I... I went, when I went back to watch the race back and like, have a little listen to it, it did not go down well, understandably. Well, it was I, awful. Awful. I,
2: I was actually commentating on a sim race at Bathurst. I think it was the finding speed race and someone in the in the chat started arguing with me about (laughs) the fact that I had the cutting and quarry the wrong way around but I was like no look this is this is the track map I've got like this is this is how it is. And then everyone in the chat, suddenly loads of Australians just piped up and started all having a go saying, oh, I do track days there all the time and this is quarry. It's like, I don't care. I've got this on my track map. Like, this is what I've got. That's what I know it as. I've watched the real races and that's, that's what they call it. So I'm yeah, doing that.
1: I go by numbers now. I call. I called uh, La- <laughs> I, call, I called Lecombe Lecombe and everyone was like, what's oh. this going on about? <laughs> oh, that'll be the thing. Well, yeah. what it I mean, asked... probably, anyone watching this, will be like, how, did, "How? Why did they hire this guy?" Honestly, like, <laughs> I, mean, I just go by numbers now. Just now right. that's,
0: that's the thing. Well, it only lasts about seven or eight minutes long. It's in the wet, which is a very rare combination for a Gran Turismo. Uh, but it was done a couple of months ago, oh, and we're wow, in yeah. the group four. So I start fifth, Jim but Clark. I won't tell you. Oh, no.
1: Look at that, Jim yeah. Clark's at the back. Oh, <laughs> sweet. oh yes, yes, yeah. Well, that's always <laughs> a, a good person to, oh, to, to race freezer. against.
0: Um, so, I'll do this. I'll put it on the big screen as well so everybody can see it. So, here we go. I'll be handing over to okay. Chris McCarthy and Chaz Dracos. Right,
1: you lead, lad. <laughs> what? Me? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Here we go, then. Grand Turismo, Grand most Red Bull Wing. Hugh Hattrick what is that car I don't know what that that's car is just. Super the super budget dude, bumblebee like there
2: from Hugh trick fifth place <laughs> we've got McCoy <laughs> clan on the front row with Broken Cornetto that's the best use yes. I've ever seen and we're away already and this looks like it's going to be the this is actually the shorter loop of the Red Bull ring
1: as he adjusts yeah. his
2: track map yes yes
1: yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Remember where Nikki Lauda Curve is, okay? Yeah, it's up the hill. It's
2: up the hill. <laughs> We've got HB414 just behind Hugh on row three. Look at the conditions, though. The spray in the air rife as these guys make their way up to Nicky Lauda Curve at the top. But to be fair, Chris, this is not going to be easy in these conditions here. Even Hugh having a go already. He's number 13, though, unlucky for some.
1: Yep, there we go. And they cut that out, actually, in F3 and F2. You don't run that number. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> back to the race. Uh, Hugh <laughs> Hadrick into, t- let's call that turn two. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not a good gap behind at the moment, but uh, the King ahead, I think, is about to uh, execute someone ahead of him. Uh, in <laughs> Hopefully it's not his wife. <laughs> 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 Hugh Hadrick with a gap behind, and up towards the final two corners we go then. A little bit of defensive from the, from the King ahead, but, uh, looks like the top
2: five are escaping. Quite interesting that the car in front's got yellow headlights as opposed to the Xenons that Hugh's running on. It's always run a little bit wide there. you want to be careful on painted surfaces and AstroTurf and all sorts when it's wet. The, sl- the circuit itself is slippery enough and look at that Hugh gets a nice little cut back down the inside moves into fourth place on the timing it's all kicking off in the background and there you see King NA gets a track limits penalty of a second as he's run wide into the final corner there. That's surely for the advantage he could have gained getting onto the straight there, Chris. There's more cars off in front. Broken Cornetto's outbroken himself. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah, the dreaded dreaded track penalties you get at the final two corners, mostly at the last corner here around the Red Bull ring as oh. Broken Cornetto has... Oh, oh. Oh, oh, no. It's <laughs> a <is> shattered Cornetto. <laughs> oh, no. oh no. That's not how you want him, is it? No. Uh, no, Broken Cornetto has gone. He's uh, defrosted. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, now, now we're going to come up to Polar Machine is our next target. The guy behind is going to serve a penalty. Oh no. What have we got a half second penalty for? Half second penalty for, for k- painting that car yellow, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Polar Machine has one as well. All of this is gonna play into the hands of McCoy. Haven't heard yeah, of that paper of Christopher El- 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 <laughs> <Este-Clan. laughs>
2: yeah. McCoy, Estaclan at the front, then thinking this is far from Spanish weather. But what we've got right now is the legendary old battle Subaru versus Mitsubishi or well actually it's not a broadcastable name is what my mate calls them but either way it's bits of (laughs) empty as you can imagine either way Hugh closing right up now they're break even on penalties at the moment as long as they're half a second or more ahead of HP 414 behind them then they'll be okay looks like Polar Machine's got a little bit deep into the right-hander I've realized by now with Hugh's progress he's probably showing us this race because he wins it but either way (laughs) third place at the moment still unlucky for some 13 doing a good job through it goes polar machine a little bit out of shape using all of the road though and obviously here chris in wet conditions you've got to use different lines oh the penalties are served now so that's all out yeah. of the way and done with and he's closing up more and more but mccoy esterclan's gone
1: mccoy esterclan <laughs> is off into the distance behind and the penalties not having too oh. much have an effect oh no polar machine's gone wide and Hattrick's gonna <laughs> gonna come through and pick up another place lovely
2: stuff up into second now only one car ahead of him 1.1 seconds off his best time that time round but still he got an overtake done in the process McCoy still way up in front you can say his uh, his resume so far is ridged with talent wow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 McCoy's is going to have to throw this one off the road now to lose this race surely he's absolutely off into oh, the distance. Did someone but else person- just go off? <laughs> I don't know. I think we think got plenty going <laughs> 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 It would oh. be an unusual thing to happen. It's grand charisma it happens. Yeah, is the Yeah it's
2: very very true, very true. Right up yeah. to the
1: final two corners we go then and into the penultimate corner brakes slightly in the middle of the circuit don't want to break too much on the racing line take that curb a little bit don't use too much runoff though that's where the penalties can come here it's all about the exit so early braking and round the final caller polar machine about to fight back
2: i'd argue about the balance of performance with these cars that wing on the evo is much bigger than it is on the impreza personal best for hugh as he goes up the hill he's not got his rain lights on though i'll tell you what Jonathan Palmer would absolutely have his pants down over that to be fair although there is actually there is actually one at the bottom of the car I'll, uh, I'll let you off there Hugh he's managed to uh, he's managed to run that one at least but you know, honestly the amount of people I live in crew so none of them know what headlights are around here when it goes dark but um, Hugh actually still holding on to second although Polar Machine starting to put a little bit more pressure on there he's not quite been given the cold shoulder yet but he's certainly getting close so so difficult to hold your pace around here as they go out of worth and then up over the crest, down to Rint. And apparently the last corner here is called Red Bull, Red Bull Mobile, but let's hope it's not a mobile corner, because if it changed every time you got to it, that'd be a bit of an inconvenience, wouldn't it? What's this one
1: called? This oh, one's I'm Rint. This Rint. is
2: Red Bull Red Mobile, this one.
1: Right, through Red Bull Mobile then. Uh, and Hugh Hattrick Ooh. with a gap to uh, McCoy ahead. This is, we're commentating on Gran Turismo sometimes at HB414 get that out quickly in one sentence yeah, that's right HP14 <laughs> on King AD92 and already they've gone by and crashed into the wall by the time I said it <laughs> Broken Cornetto
2: still a bit further down the order he's, he's on got a ban ahead of him yeah hopefully he's not got a ban ahead of him in his <laughs> yeah, career yeah. but um, either way Cornetto looked good early on but he's dropped down quite a lot McCoy Clan still the race leader at the moment and look at that purple sector yes. from Hugh Hattrick start of this lap seems that unlucky 13 is not holding him back windscreen wipers absolutely going for it probably the Helping. fastest thing on the track right now but um, <laughs> polar machine has dropped away a little bit now he's got hb 414 right behind but any second now we're going to get mccoy esker clan going on to his final lap chris
1: uh, Hugh Hattrick has stolen all the limelight in this race, hasn't he? We we haven't really seen much <laughs> of anyone else. I was thinking so more much. lemon, really. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. My <green> <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we will do this though. We'll just we'll stick the cameras on Hugh for the for the entire race. One yeah. more. Lap, I don't know how much yeah.
2: he's paid the organisers, but it must <laughs> be a <laughs> <whole heart>. lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh, up through Nikki Lauda for the final time, great place to go and watch a race up in the grandstands there. Oh, yeah. Not when it pelts it down, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it did it down
2: ra- yeah, we were stood there in the sun I the next minute. I don't wear you know, white trainers, it
1: but it does. The food there was pretty nice. There's a no- nice food stand oh, at uh, first corner. As well. Pizza Largos. Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> you have a good memory. Wow. So who's, li- who's leading? I'm <laughs> uh, <laughs> <on> McCoy. <laughs> That's the plan. I, only- I think there's only one corner to go. Take yeah, it to he's the just good.
2: Just going down through Rint right now. You can see on the track map in the top right, the blue arrow at the front is McCoy. climb comes round the final corner, keeps it all together. But into second place, after starting fifth on the grid, Hugh Hattrick makes his way round, and it's the big yellow lemon that finishes in second place. That's not a nickname that's going to stick. A big slide from Polar Machine. Does he get a penalty? Is he going to lose that spot? To HB 414, he yeah. is HB gets a yeah. podium. Either Bahrain or Qatar, don't know the difference between the two <laughs> flags. But either way, Mitsubishi <laughs> on this occasion beats Subaru.
1: Broken corner, got one place back. Look at that,
2: lovely. Fantastic.
1: Place back. Yeah. I oh, home race.
2: Home race for <laughs> barely 1966. Well, it was barely P6.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, that's brilliant! Absolutely fantastic. I thought that would be a bit of fun, and it certainly it was. I couldn't see any of the comments when that was happening, um, but, uh, <laughs> but <we>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a broken cornetto. Should have won, but he wasn't mint enough. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's brilliant. <laughs> that's fantastic. And that is really, really good. I mean, obviously, you are fantastic banter, uh, and it's great to see you get. You know exactly what to spot. Uh, in -hmm. the races and and how to make it work and I do apologise I did centre that race around me Um, but uh, (laughs) but, (laughs) there you go and that's the thing so for people who are watching who are thinking about maybe doing commentary because now there's so many esports races going on and lobbies going on championships and things um, what would you say to them as to to kind of how they can start? if they're just starting out what would be the the biggest kind of most important tip that you think would help them on their way
2: starting esports start definitely because you don't have to physically go out there and go to the circuits you don't have to know all of the drivers history and so on um in esports it's actually really I'd, I'd sometimes argue that esports commentary is more difficult as well because yeah, i agree you're not you can't keep up with what all the drivers are doing because there's more of them there's more leagues that you don't even know exist on the sim that you go on i mainly do i racing stuff and i you know i keep hearing about different leagues every day that people do and i'm just like where's that come out of and they're like well oh, that's been going on for 5 years and i'm like Pfft, i didn't know that but you see these drivers and you know you don't know who they are but they could have been some big champion in their own country or whatever else um yeah. but you don't have to have that knowledge to do it and it's a really good place to practice the fundamentals because you don't need to worry about being there in person physically and so on you just yeah. have to sit at your computer and just do it, and you can just get on with it. And you know, you can fine tune all your skills. The races don't have to be on weekends. You know, I was at a point. I think Chris has been at a similar point before, where you know, you'd have a week where five nights a week you would have a commentary gig on sim yeah. racing. You know, they're so easy to just jump on and do that. It's a fantastic, fantastic place to start. And and if it comes to getting to the real world stuff, if you do move on to that, I'm. I'd argue it's about who you know, personally. Mm-hmm but never be afraid to contact people, just get on people's radars, you know, don't pester them, but just get on people's radars and be patient with it, like you just, it it all takes time.
0: Yeah, Ah, fantastic, now just before we go, um, what are the big things coming up for you next year, now that this year has pretty much come to a close with a lot of the championships, what are you looking forward to next year?
2: I've not been booked for anything yet. (laughs) Um, After that performance, I'm not surprised. (laughs) Um,
1: What about you, Chris? I'm not really Um, sure yet. I I hope that I will be back with the Formula Regional guys. Uh, We had a really good first season, so I'm hoping that, um, yeah, that that we can, know hopefully be back to do that again uh and motorsport tv as long as it's going i think um you know i want to stay there so uh so that so far i i really hope that i can you know go back and do um you know do something with with indycar again um mm-hmm. if you know if tom you know i don't know what their plans are yet but you know i'll just sort of fill in for tom really when he's not able to do it uh tom game or that is so um so yeah more of the same really of of what what i've been doing this year i hope uh, formula regional is you know i've really really enjoyed it so uh the calendar looks great for next year as well monaco is included in that again um wow. hopefully if if i'm there to do it, if i'm there doing it again next year hopefully f1 are a bit more relaxed on the on the rules so mm-hmm. we can actually get over to monaco um because yeah. wasn't yeah. able to go last uh this year so yeah i'd say yeah that's mostly the things i'm looking at but you know i'd like to uh, try and add some new things as well like, as always
0: Fantastic! No, that sounds great. And if you get a chance to go to Monaco and commentate, well, oh, yeah. I don't yeah. think much beats that. Isn't the atmosphere? Yeah, Monaco is just well,
1: incredible. It would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, they, they put the cars quite far away for the feeder series. Um, I think. Oh yeah, they, they have a proper it, drive, don't they? I saw a video about yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's in a uh, what what is actually an indoor kart track. It's like an old car park, uh, two really? stories high, and they just that's that's you. You're, you're, you but it takes uh but you know it takes a good 10 15 minutes to get down to the circuit you're you really really far away so anyone you mm-hmm. speak to when you ask them about monaco if they race in formula regional f f3 f2 they they don't like they don't like doing it that much cuz yeah, no, this yeah. starts are really early you have to yeah. i mean we're on track at like half 7 or half 8 uh, so you got to get to the track incredibly early um yeah. because getting down to the uh, everything it, everything gets pushed back by half an hour or so. Like engine warm up is half an hour before, uh, you know, mm. getting to the pre-grid is, is a lot. You've got to go a lot earlier than usual. Mm. Um, it's a logistical yeah. nightmare, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. But uh, yeah, it'd be great. I, I, I'm i really enjoying single seaters now. I think um, I just love to do more, more, more and more single seaters. That's sort of where I, I feel I'm, uh, you know, feel I belong um, yeah, or where I want to be. I, I should say, yeah. I, you know, if I could be just doing single seaters, I, I'd be really, really happy.
2: I think yeah. that maybe stems from karting as well because yeah. you know, there's there's not all the bodywork in the world on karts. So I still don't know how you commentate on karting. Cause yeah. I, I did kart masters and I just... It was great so, but yeah. I don't know how you do it. So <laughs> kart, Karting
1: is... Uh, I think it helped that I raced in it but karting is a really good place to start if I would recommend. That's a great mm. place. I just went to a circuit that didn't had never had a commentator and just yeah. asked him if I could just jump on the PA system and do it. Uh, I mean, I did race there for five years, so it was a little bit easier for me to just walk in and say that. Um, but yeah, it's with, with carting, you have to know the body language of a driver. And with that, you'll yeah. be able, you'll be able to read if they're going to make a move. And I, I think that's a real good thing. You don't know yeah. that in a, in car racing, single seaters or esports, but in a cart you can see a driver's body language when they're going to go for a move as they come out of a corner, Having raced, you just know that they're sitting slightly to one side and they're like, right, they're going to go for this. Um, yeah. Telling the drivers apart is very difficult, but you've got to pick off heights sometimes, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. crash helmets. Uh, the first championship I ever did, they all had the same liveries, same race suits on. Uh, so the only thing you could tell them apart was their crash helmets. Um, and, yeah, it was that was a pretty difficult one uh, to do. But, yeah. That you've got to pick up really little things. Some some drivers sit differently mm-hmm. in the carts. That's how you tell them apart. Uh, you yeah. know, race boots, race gloves, anything like that. So uh, right. so yeah, it, but re- it is really good place to start. The guys at Alpha mm-hmm. Live are really good to uh, yeah, to work for. So definitely. they're they're worth contacting if you want to start in it uh, and you don't mind taking on karting. Karting is very good. It's tough because there's a lot of races. You do up to forty races in one day. Uh, so it's it's incredibly tough but it Mm. teaches you uh, they're they're really fast racers so you do 40 race starts and 40 race finishes so it's good practice
0: Mm. My goodness, that would certainly get you ready and uh, trying to to get all sorted out with that. Well it's been an absolute pleasure to have the two of you back on the Car 7 Race driver Show, um, and seeing you, uh, going into all the details of, of what it's been like to commentate in these spectacular places across the world. I mean, Monza sounds like an absolute dream. As you say, you're yeah, on, this, really... on the podium looking yeah. over. Um, you can just imagine what it must be like uh, mm-hmm. when the, when the Tifosi are underneath the car and, and for thousands and thousands of them along the start-finish straight. Um, but, no, you've had an amazing time, and, and uh, I'm sure everyone watching today uh, will be enthralled. Um, by what you've been saying, and also by your commentary on the race that we did <laughs> earlier, which was very kind. I thought I'd spring that on you, just in case you said no I'm before. I thought you know, a chance, but uh, I thought it'd be a bit of fun as well to to kind of add to the add to the show. But no, it's been absolutely terrific um to have you on the show. So please stay on the line um, as we as we close it for the moment. But to everyone watching, thank you very much. It's, you've been watching the car sim. A race driver show with two legends of commentating. It is, of course, Chaz Dracott and Chris McCarthy. Take care, everyone. Drive fast and try not to crash. And if you do, you might just win the race at the first corner. Bye just now.